Hi, everyone. Seth Rudetsky here. Welcome to the first episode of my new podcast, Seth Rudetsky's Back to School. Perhaps you know me from my work on Broadway or my Sirius XM radio shows, but this podcast is a chance for me to go deep on a subject I'm obsessed with, high school. I think our high school experiences create who we are as adults. It's our first heartbreak where we really find out our talents, where we form adult-like friendships, and where some of us got into the biggest trouble of our lives. I was basically screamed at by an authority figure like every other day until graduation. As you can tell, I'm still hung up about things that happened to me in high school, and I know I'm not alone. On each episode of Back to School, I'll sit down with someone famous to talk all about their teenage years, which means you're going to get to see a whole new side of your favorite celebrities. They'll tell me all their best stories, getting busted, what classes they failed, first makeout sessions. Then I'll ask them what music, movies, and other pop culture stuff they were into in high school, and I'll judge them on certain choices. Next, we'll try to figure out how much they've changed, if at all. And finally, they'll show me an actual memento from that time that says something about who they were back then. For this first episode, I have none other than comedy legend Tina Fey. And she brought her actual yearbook for us to comb through. Get ready, get set, hit it! Dreading morning classes. Stealing bathroom passes. Football. Drivers and SATs. Bullies that attack me. Why do I have back knees? Jack straps. Training bras. Frenemies. We remember back then. It's like freshman year again. Ready, steady, now you're in it. Pencils, stop, cause any minute's Tina Fey. Now! I'm sitting here with Tina Fey. You know her from SNL, 30 Rock, Mean Girls, the film, and the musical, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, WTF. Anybody? Whiskey Tango? Oh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot? Sure. Sing. And we're here to talk about high school. Tina Fey, do you go by Tina or Stama Tina? I go by Tina. Okay, cool. Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, where'd you go to high school? Go. I went to Upper Darby High School in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. Is there a Lower Darby? There's a Darby. Hmm. There's not a Lower Darby. Cool. And if you wouldn't mind revealing the years you were there, dear. Oh, yes. I graduated in 1988. Mm-hmm. I started in 1970. No, I started in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Just give me, as far as your memory, like what was a typical day for you in high school? It could be any year. You know, it's an island that's farther and farther away mm. now, right? Because I'm 49. And um, But uh, what was a typical day? I feel like we'd get up early. By the way, how did you get up? Was your mother bang, bang, bang? I think I had an alarm clock. No, my dad was the early riser. He would already be up. Then I would get up. My brother's eight years older than me, so he was... If not out of the house, he was out of school. And was the alarm buzzer or radio? And if so, what radio? It was a station? clock radio. Yes. Yeah, and it was probably WMMR in Philadelphia, the rock station, or maybe closer to a pop station, which I can't remember. It was like nine. I can't remember the number now because I've lived in too many cities. Okay, so clock radio wakes you up. What's happening breakfast-wise in high school? I think what was happening was no breakfast, probably. Then I would go to school. I feel like we had to be there pretty early, seven-something. And I remember... Uh, Junior, maybe junior and senior year, I di- I opted out of lunch so that I could take an additional. I was in choir and encore singers, so I would skip lunch and I would eat a Twix from the school store. Mm-hmm. I think when I got to school, maybe that was breakfast. I get a Twix, have that, have no lunch, go home after school, watch Oprah, eat an entire Jiffy Pop, and then be a little too full for dinner because that was four <laughs> to five and dinner was like five thirty. And 
It was a really effective diet. I looked pretty good. I lo- I think I lost some weight on that plan. <laughs> Never been skinnier? Just a Twix and a full Jiffy Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something. What was like your classic, this is what I wear to school all the time look? Were you a jeans girl? I had a turtleneck well? with strawberries on it that I would layer with kind of an open weave sweater. End of list. Maybe corduroys, maybe some jeans. I had some pink. They weren't Doc Martens, but they were that kind of boot. They were a pink suede boot. Do you remember a particular outfit where you're like, I cannot wait to wear this? Yeah, I had an outfit that I bought at the mall that was white denim. And it was like a white denim fitted skirt and then kind of a zip-up jacket with a peplum. (laughs) It was all white denim and it was fierce. And no stains on it? No, I did. I like miraculously didn't get like a period rocketing out the back of that. Yeah. Wait, what? That wasn't <laughs> a stand I was talking about. What was happening hairstyle wise? Um, I had hot sticks, the 80s. You plugged them in, they were rubber sticks that went into a, an appliance <laughs> that heated them. Then you would take your hair like this. It looks like I did it this morning. Twist your hair, wrap it around the hot stick, fold it in on itself, do a full head of that. I would do that. It would come out very tight and curly. I would look at it. I would overthink it, second guess it, knowing it was wrong to brush it, unable to stop my hands from grabbing a brush, brushing it out, which would then make it insane, terrible. And then I would pull it into a ponytail and give up. So that would be like once or twice a week I would try, but like, I'm doing a hairdo today. Did you ever have a best girlfriend that was like, let me do your hair because this is not working? No, nobody could do hair then and nobody could do makeup. That's what, you know, Amy Poehler talks about this. She's like, you know, back then we didn't have Instagram, whatever. We, we didn't even, you didn't even do the back of your hair because nobody was going to see it. You'd blow dry your bangs maybe with a round brush. You know, I had some pink mascara mm-hmm. sometimes. My hair was very thick. I used to do sort of a party trick where I would turn my head over and brush my hair a lot, and it would come out like just the most enormous hair. Helmet. And Helmet. that was a good way to get guys? I don't know why I thought it was, because it 100% was not. But nothing I was doing was a good way to get guys. So was there any boyfriend action going on in high school? Um, I think I had, I don't even, in hindsight, I don't, I don't think it even is legit to say I had a boyfriend. I would say like, I had a boyfriend for like three weeks, but I think even that is probably an exaggeration. But I love that this is only audio because I will show you this picture in the yearbook. I was saying to the girls on the outer office, I was like, oh, do you want to see the real Aaron Samuels? <gasps> I hate to even say that on the radio because like, I don't want to give him that, but whatever. He was the three he, week or someone that you were in love he with? Was like the, he was like, it was like, you know, a minute. But then it was all consuming for my life, like with the way it ended. Like it's basically what Mean Girls is about, like being consumed with hating an arbitrary person just because the boy that you like likes them instead. And you just like eat your own soul with <laughs> with rage over it. It's so dumb. Um, is okay. this Aaron? This is, I mean. The real Aaron. Again, I hate giving him that. But and that's my best friend on the left. Yeah, that that's 80s cute. Yeah. And that outfit is super 80s. Now, <laughs> Look at my friend Mars' hair. Well, they both have the same hairstyle, quite frankly. Yeah. She and he. Well, okay, but I want to just go back to the typical day school. You're getting there super early. And yeah. then do you remember, like, were you one of those, like, where I had in high school where every day we had six days, like day one, day two. So oh. it was always different. Or was it always Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday? I can't remember. But I remember I after sophomore year or whatever, I my homeroom was the newspaper office because I was – on the newspaper, so that was like a cool thing to go there instead of homeroom. And when you were saying that you did newspaper, were you like an ace reporter, roving reporter? What I wrote one of the anonymous humor column that had been there forever called The Colonel, and I would write it sometimes, and sometimes my friend Robert Connor would write it. And eventually I think I was one of the editors, but I didn't do a lot of hard reporting. 
But if the kernel had existed before you, how do you get it? Like the uh, the teacher in charge of the paper says, like, okay, you can be it this year. Because they knew you were funny. Well, I was the one who wanted to be funny. <laughs> and do you remember anything that you wrote as the quote unquote kernel? I got in trouble once because I tried to make a double entendre about something about the the an like something about like and this will go down in the annals of history, which of course really hurts. But I accidentally did spell it annals of history, and then they're like, "How?" And they, I, it was a big to do. And when you say newspaper, you obviously weren't doing this in a computer. What did you have, like a Rexograph machine? We had computers, in <gasps> fact, because I will show you a picture of me at said computer. Here it is. This is me. Yeah, this is the Acorn staff, and that's me at the word processor. Wow, that is some thick ass hair. Such thick hair. And, and really long though. I was. I thought you had every time on Thirty Rock they have a flashback to you younger. It's in that very very short hollow yeah, 80s. Yeah, I, I cut my hair like that in college because again I was like, this is gonna work. This no makeup is, and short short hair. This is what guys are looking for. Here's me as Van Helsing in a production of Dracula. Wait, where? Epically terrible. Isn't Van Helsing a man? Typically a man. Get woke, Seth. Dr. Van Helsing can be a woman even in 1988, especially when the director is your older lesbian friend. Okay. <laughs> she gives you the part. <laughs> what was Dr. Van Helsing's first name then? Uh, I forget. <laughs> okay. Was that the play Dracula? <laughs> the play Dracula, yes. Was that your big high school senior show? It was an unmitigated disaster. We didn't do plays that much. We did this around Halloween. It was a spectacular disaster. Why? Did the blood not work or something? Everything didn't work. So first of all, this foam core here that looks like the rocks, at some point a flashbulb went off and it caught on fire a little bit. And my dad, who had been a fireman, stood up in the audience and was like, fire! He's like, I don't... <laughs> fire! Like he didn't say, like, I don't play games. So then they, they caught us. I don't know if we stopped or saying they put the fire out. We kept going. This bat was on a string, and it, the bat, like, one point was supposed to fly through, and it just got stuck, and it just dangled there the rest of the show. Oh, then, it never um, left? That never left. Then there was a part where um, Dracula is supposed to, he sees a mirror, so he throws something and smashes at the mirror. But, you know, John being more of, like, a rocker guy than an athlete, he just, he whiffed it. He missed, he missed <gasps> the mirror. And then, like, a really <laughs> nerdy crew guy took it upon himself. Like, so he misses the mirror, and I'm like, <gasps> oh, like I'm reacting to a mirror that didn't break. And then um, a full five count later, a guy in full view of the audience comes out behind the mirror and hits it with a hammer from the back. So that's getting laughs. And, like, and then later on, there's a scene where the smoke machine was supposed to happen. It come through a window and the same guy literally like in full view in the window with the smoke machine, just like nailing it. Then I have a long, Van Helsing has a long monologue when someone says, Doctor, what is a vampire? And it's like a full page monologue, like a vampire, my friends, is a being, whatever. Give this whole monologue. And this other kid who was not a good actor, who was not listening to me after I completed the monologue. Acting is listening. It's mostly listening and being handsome. Uh, he says to me, Doctor, what is a vampire? I do the whole monologue. He's not listening. After which he kind of goes up in his line. So he says to me, Doctor, what is a vampire? <laughs> Thank you again. I was like, well, so then we finally, it's, a, it's just a disaster. We make it to the end of the show and at the end of Dracula, it's a crypt where, you know, Van Helsing goes and finally puts the stake through Dracula's heart and the foot of the stage is ground level with the first couple rows of the audience because of the way the thing is. And I'm, I'm acting so hard. I'm like, you know, hammering the stake and there's music playing and I just start hearing 
laughter. And I think, well, what's left? Like what, <laughs> what could be going wrong now? And I looked up and just a baby, like a two and a half year old had just wandered onto the stage and was just standing a couple feet away. I was like, that's how not scary it was. <laughs> a baby came toward it. What? Wait, where's the parent <laughs> stopping the baby? You know what? It was it was the it 80s? Was, it was the 80s. <laughs> it was the <laughs> it's 80s. It's a non-answer. It was the late 80s. Did you know enough then, wow, that was a disaster? Or were you like, oh my God, that was amazing? No, we knew it was a disaster. We knew it was a disaster. We only did it twice. And uh, I think we knew then that it was pretty funny. Were and, your summers spent doing theater in your town or did you go yeah. away to sleepaway camp? No, no. Nobody I grew up with went to camp. Nobody had that kind of either background or money. Like this just was not a thing where I grew up. But my town does have an amazing thing and it's ongoing. There's this thing called Upper Darby Summer Stage. This guy, Harry Dietzler, started it when he was like 20. And they do six children's shows and three main stage shows at night every year. And I, when I worked, I, I didn't do it as a kid, but then I worked there as a teenager. You mean I, like for money? For like... Yeah, for like $100 for the summer. Mm-hmm. I worked in the night box office. And then I eventually became a director once I was a college theater student. But you could take your kid there. You could drop your kid off at like 10 in the morning, pick them up at 5, and they would do plays all day and stuff. And it, I want to say for the summer it was like $85. <laughs> like it was like, oh, and, and, then, and then we would do these plays that were good. And the place, the high school auditorium, seats 1,200. So you could also, if you had a little kid, Every week, you could bring their kid, like, Sleeping Beauty, Winnie the Pooh. You could take, like, hundreds of kids got to see shows because of it, too. You know, I actually have tried a bunch of times, well, a bunch of times, a couple times, we've tried to um, get Harry Dietzler one of those, like, educational honorary Tony Award things because it's, like, crazy, amazing uh, program down there. Is that where you feel like you finally met your friends? Yeah, I met my friend Jim Holbrook there and my friend Damian Holbrook, who between the two of them kind of make the character Damien in Mean Girls. Girls. He's an amalgam of them. And um, my best friend Marlene, she worked there. My friends Jane and Eileen. So you had the same best friend for all through high school? We became very close friends, I think maybe junior year of high school, and we're still the closest of friends. And what do you think connected you to her in high school? Sense of humor. I think it was all about sense of humor. Um, So when you say you shared the same sense of humor with the two of you, what, like sit in the back of class and talk about people? Like, because you didn't send emails in those days. No, we were, like I said, we weren't that many classes together, but we'd inquire together and shows together. And yeah, we would joke around. We would, you know, that was, this is back in the day when you rented movies. It was such a great life. Your Friday night was you, someone had a car, you drove to Blockbuster. You walked around for 25 minutes to see what the movie was. Did they have the movie that you wanted? Then maybe you got popcorn and took it back. And then you made the popcorn in the microwave and you watched the three movies. And we would watch things like Sleepaway Camp. And Marlene and I have a shared love of the movie Bugsy Malone. Yes, um, my name is Tallulah. <laughs> she, oh my God, if she were here, she would be singing that for you right now. That's exactly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and she wasn't really a shit talker like me and Jim and Damien. She was a better person than that. But she was funny and she was self-deprecating and sarcastic and very warm, like Italian and loving. And uh, she told stories about how one of the boys that took her to a dance in middle school who did end up, he asked her to a dance and ended up being gay, like, you know, 20 minutes later. But um she said that she was like, I remember when he came to pick me up for the dance and he was wearing a T-shirt that he had had made at the mall that said like Olivia Newton-John and on the back, totally hot and like felt and all this stuff. And that her little brother was at the top of the stairs being like, that guy's gay. 
<laughs> she's like, shut up. I'm going to a dance. He's like, okay, but I got news for you. <laughs> um, so we bonded over our stories like that. What did you think high school was going to be like before you began high school? What did I think it was? I thought, I guess I thought it was going to be like square pegs, totally. which it kind of was. Um, I don't know. I thought it would be, f- I was a very, still very quiet. I was like pretty quiet, but then like kind of a muttering in the back kind of person. I don't think I thought it was going to be like, I was going to party hard or whatever. <laughs> Is that because you were scared of your parents? I was appropriately scared of my parents. Yeah. What does that mean by appropriate? Oh, like, like, like you should be like, you should not want to shame your parents and you should want to not like wreck a car. Right. Do you look back on the way teachers treated you in the 80s and you're like, oh my God, I would so not let teachers get away with that now with my kids. Was it different back then? I had pretty great teachers um, with a couple exceptions. There's also so much of this ended up in Mean Girls, the musical and the movie before that. But I had a teacher once that kind of became the inspiration for the coach in the movie and the show who bizarrely, bizarrely took it upon himself one day in health class to was clearly not part of the curriculum. He's like, I'm going to talk to you today about homosexuals and the tricks that they use to lure you. And, you know, a homosexual, they'll find out what kind of music you like or what kind of candy you like. And they'll get, and it was this whole thing that came out of nowhere. And I knew, even at that time in 10th or 11th grade, I knew enough gay people to be like, this is not okay. And I, I, I can't remember if in the classroom I said anything, but I went and immediately and was like, <laughs> you know, told another trusted teacher who I'm really? pretty sure was a lesbian. I was just like, this is, you know, and I, I don't know. It, it, back then, things, you don't know how it played out. It wasn't like you went on Twitter and blew up their life. But it was so crazy. It was like a person talking about perverts and child molesters, but using the blanket term of like homosexuals. Mm-hmm. And so that stuff is in... In the movie, it's like that kind of insane misinformation coming from this person who was there supposedly to teach you about health and human sexuality. And we need like, were there any kids in your school that literally were like, "I am gay," or were you just kind of no strength kids that were gay? There were so uh, yeah, that's a good question. At that time, I had my two good friends that I met through the summer theater stuff. They were a couple years older. They were out of college, and we all just hung out and. I always say, I think I wrote about this in Bossy Pants, but like such a testament to my parents that they were not at all worried that their 15-year-old was hanging out with like a 22 and 24-year-old couple of lesbians. They're just like, oh, that's their friends, you know, and, and was all, they were always so welcoming to everybody. And But I don't think there were, of the boys especially, like people, people weren't out until later. But everybody knew. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, they hooked up, but nobody was really coming out except for a couple kids, either like adults who came back to direct and they were like open about their lives or kids who were just a couple years older who were now out of the house. We have this crazy thing in my town too. I think it's sort of crazy where I can like name five or six families off the top of my head in my hometown, four kids, two gay, two straight. Like that's crazy, right? That is like, weird, a 50-50 split. Two boys, two girls, one of each. Two gay, two straight, two gay, two straight. It was like really a high percentage. Speaking of percentage. It's like how in Wales everyone can sing. In Upper Darby, everyone's gay. <laughs> everyone's 50 percenter. <laughs> Speaking of percentage, what was the percentage of boys you had crushes on that later turned out to be gay? Um, I think zero. I think we did know enough at that time. Like we knew they were. We knew who so was you didn't. Gay. You weren't the classic, I took a gay guy to prom, the SNL sketch? I wrote that sketch. Wait, that's an amazing sketch. So Thank that you. Wasn't this is the you? first sketch I ever got on. 
Wait, I that was my that like sketch. second week at the show or something. It was an, it's a lifetime special called I Took a Gay Guy to Prom. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Thank you. Um, I don't think I had gay friends that I thought were cute, but we knew they were gay. Yeah. And yes, did we sometimes try to make out with them? Maybe. But we knew what, like everyone knew what, like, well, it's, we're bored, you know. Did you ever get in trouble for anything in high school, like detention? Like what was the biggest trouble you ever gotten in, in high school? I didn't ever get detention. I was always the one, and my friends would say this at the time, like there was one epic, insane New Year's Eve party that like everything just went to hell. And I was the one being like, I have a curfew. I think I put a hole in my friend's dashboard because I, I was like banging my heel on the, I was like, I have to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> and just, my other friends said like, yeah, we'd be out. And I would always be the one like throwing like people's like purse at them. Like, okay, you're my ride. I got a curfew. Wow. Grouchy. <laughs> you're a downer. I'm a total downer. Do you remember when you were in high school, like when you were like, oh my God, this is what it feels like to be an adult. Like a certain moment where you're like, this oh yeah. Is- yeah. I probably had that later than most people. I mean, I think when you finally like make out with somebody, right? And then you're like, I'm living. Who was the first guy you made out with? You that remember? kid. <gasps> Aaron, quote unquote Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Now, was that when you see your date for three weeks, was it? An official, like, will you go out on a date with me? Or was it weird hanging out and then it suddenly like, the lean forward? It was hanging out. No, there was no, because it was not, I was not treated <laughs> with respect. It was not, it was not proper uh, dating. No, it was just hanging out. Yeah. And then the fade out was what? You suddenly noticed he was dating somebody else? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> it wasn't even the official. And what happened was I took the job in the box office of the summer theater because he was kind of a star there and they were like, and so he, and it was like, oh, you should work there too. And I was like, okay, I'll work there. And then before the summer even started, it was like, I'm going to go out with this other girl instead. And I was devastated, but I had already taken the job. So I didn't know anyone, but this person that wasn't <laughs> really my friend anymore. And so I just would sit in the box office and kind of cry all the time. And then that was in the aftermath of that is where I met all my great friends. I was like uh, out of the that. volcano, yes. lava turns beautiful yes. soil. Did you try to get like literal revenge or was it all just? The act of revenge I realized was the girl that he did end up who I think he, you know, I think I know for sure he married her. But wait, what were we talking about? Oh, there was like, so after I rose up in the ranks at Summer Theater, at one point my imaginary nemesis was up for some part in, I want to say in like a children's theater show. And I was like, (laughs) was like the assistant director. I was like, I don't think she's actually that good. (laughs) By the way, she's like super good and like went on to be a professional. (laughs) And I was like, I just think maybe let's use so-and-so instead. I just like deprived her of a part in a children's theater play. And like like, three little It wasn't even a good play. It was like, (laughs) yeah. Um, the lowest low, which I th- I can't remember if I put this in Boss Pants or not, but I remember the lowest low of that too. It was like that summer, heartbroken, working in the box office. I didn't even know how to do it. And it was this like 80s, 70s, 80s thing of like not every room in your house has an air conditioner. So I remember yes. having to sleep on the floor of my parents' bedroom under the air conditioner, crying myself to sleep about this boy, but trying to be quiet so they wouldn't hear me. But I had to sleep on the floor for the air conditioning. And when you were in high school, what were you thinking? Like you're in high school, were you thinking my adult life is going to be what? That's a good question. I mean, I probably had on some level had a dream of being on Saturday Night Live or working at Saturday Night Live, but I just assumed that everyone had that dream. Mm-hmm. But I remember doing my last show in high school and saying afterwards, like, that's the last show I'll ever be in, guys. I can't believe it. I'm never going to do this again. Because um, why? You were going to major in something I was going to major not- in English. And become what? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't have a plan. So when you were applying for colleges, mm-hmm. what was your essay about? 
I don't remember. I didn't have an essay that was like, I'm going to do this. Your signature essay? I may have had one essay about how my goal in life was to play Princess Leia's mother in a Star Wars prequel. Was it a comedy essay or was that? Yeah, like kind of comedy essay. Do you feel there was a moment in high school that really changed you or that you can even go like there was a before this and an after this? Interesting. I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind is the like before summer stage, Mm. after summer stage, because that really was where I found my people. You know, those are my people and they still are. Okay, get ready for this or that, where my guest reveals which pop culture thing they loved and hated in high school. All right, so teens, I've had some pop culture moments from 84 to 88. I was around back then. Duran Duran or Wham? Well, I remember when Duran Duran was a big deal. I did a lot of, like, performative, like, they're not good. I don't like them, but I secretly did like them. Why? Why did I fight it? But I like Wham, too. I like them both. Um, You're a Broadway nerd like I am. Were you a Les Mis or a Phantom? Les Mis. No, front to back. Why not Phantom? Well, I saw Les Mis. I went on a family trip to London and I saw it. And I think that I had them both. I had the double CD set. Oh, yeah, we all did. And then in terms of Angela Weber Light, was it Cats or Starlight? Ah. Express. Wow. I'm going to take no as your answer. Well, I I didn't have Starlight, which don't tell Jane that I never heard Starlight. But the Starlight, Jane Cassie's not on the uh, album because it's on the British cast. So Jane won't be hurt. um, Evita actually would be my answer. Yes, big, I appreciate big, that. Big, big Evita. Not the Madonna version, dear. No, sir. Okay, let's never mention she that She had again. Borderline. We gave her Borderline. Mm-hmm. Let's leave it there. <laughs> I know you watched SNL before you were on it. When you were watching it, were you excited about Weekend Update coming up or the commercial parodies? Oh, commercial parodies for sure. And also that it was basically the Jan Hooks, Phil Hartman era is yes. my era. Bravo. In terms of gay guys you had crushes on, was mm-hmm. it George Michael or Elton John? <laughs> Neither really, but I would say George Michael just because also my mom was always like, you know, he's Greek because mm-hmm. we're Greek. So Greek, Greeks, no Greeks. Yeah. And what was the TV show every week that you were like, I have to watch this show? Uh, uh, wait, so in the 80s, what was the TV show? Yeah, every- Cheers. Yes. Yeah. And were you a Kirstie Alley or a Shelley Long fan? <sighs> Shelley Long. Yeah. The original. But Kirstie Alley was good too. Okay. You're really there for the, for the bar for Ted. Um, John Hughes-wise, were you 16 Candles or Breakfast Club? I loved them both at the time. You know, uh, I, I think I would be 16 Candles, which, yes. yes, guys, I know it's super problematic now, but we didn't think about it then. I agree with that, but the yeah. comedy of 16 Candles is yeah. so much higher than Breakfast yeah. Club. Yeah, Breakfast Club was, I mean, those movies, all of them, we just couldn't wait. Like, we couldn't believe someone was talking to us in film form. Um, were you a Whitney Houston or Gloria Estefan? Whitney. Yes. Yes. I mean, Gloria's wonderful, too, but... Whitney. Well, then I got to do a sub question. Were you a so emotional or a greatest love of all? Well, greatest love of all was pretty epic. I think, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And now let me just talk about classes wise. AP Bio, AP English. AP English. What'd you get? What number? Five. You got a five? Mm-hmm. Ah. I, got, I got a five on English and U.S. history. So you were smarty pants in high school. Yeah. We were I didn't in the say I wasn't. Well, I were you in honest But I wasn't society? like, I don't think I was top 10 in my class. I was maybe like 12th. Okay, it's time to find out how much my guest has changed or how much they have not. This is high school versus now. Okay, so now I'm just curious, what is the difference between now and high school? I'm going to give you three examples. The network is like making you rewrite a whole episode for tomorrow's filming. How would you react when you were 15? How do you react now that you're 48? 
I'm 49, but thank you. Uh, you When I was 15, I would have stayed up all night and done it and maybe put like a passive aggressive. I remember one time we we had a teacher who we were pretty sure wasn't really reading our papers and we put like in the middle of the essay like weird sentences to see if he ever caught them and he never did. (gasps) And But now at 49, I would do exactly the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Bravo, no, I applaud thee. Um, Cute guy asks you out, super cute. Pretty sure his gay is wearing the Olivia Newton-John shirt. How would you have done it when you were 15 versus 49? 15, if I liked him, if I thought he was cute, I might just press through knowing it was a fool's errand. But and maybe you're going to make out out of it. And maybe you're going to make out out of it. Uh, but at 49, I think I'd be, well, I'm married. But um, <laughs> 49, I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm married. <laughs> That's the only difference. Okay, bye-bye. Also, in my imagination, the boy is 15 both times. So I'm like, I'm sorry, you're a child. It's super weird. Um, you're in the changing room at um, like Bliss, and you hear... Um, Zendaya and Pink talking shit Zendaya. about you. Mm-hmm. Okay, by the way, I'm trying to be so hip. I'm like, I'm like, who's a cool person I can imagine? Don't even know. <laughs> Just know her name because Julie likes her. The only okay. reason I know it's Zendaya is because I constantly say Zendaya and Alice goes, Zendaya. <laughs> totally. And I know that my kid likes her too. So let's just say Z-E-N-D-A-Y-A. And you hear Pink like talking shit about you in the shower. How would you react to 16 versus today? Ooh, if I heard someone talking about me at 16, I don't think I would have confronted them I think I would have rallied my troops and been like, can you believe this? And now I think because I'm also getting on this fun like ramp towards middle age where I want to fight everyone, I'd be like, hi, I don't know if um, you got some misinformation that I'd gone deaf or something, but I can hear you. It's time for Show and Tell, where my guests show me mementos from their high school years. All right, so I want to do the Show and Tell section of your yearbook. It's called Oak 88. Mm-hmm. By the way, it says Tina Fey. F- What's that? That was my mother's address. <laughs> I guess That's it's my teen- mom's address. <laughs> okay, we'll just edit that out. Tina, it says social security number is. <laughs> All right, Tina, can you find something that someone wrote to you that you'd want yes, to read see. to us? Gosh, there was one thing I found that was really passive aggressive, but somebody wrote it. Dearest Tina Fey, once you were my best pal, but no more. Even so, I wish you luck at University of Virginia and hope you meet Thomas Jefferson reincarnated as a sweet potato. You can be ever so fun when not being too cynical and jaded. Just don't become too mean and try to be happy wherever you are. Love, this person. Wait a minute. And I was like, that's shade. That's straight up shade. That's it. It's like three three times it because first it's busting for no longer being friends right. and giving you notes. That person was a little bit of the inspiration for Janice. Uh, in some ways, mean just girls. in some ways, I mean, girls, yeah. Did you become too mean? Yeah, I think it's like I was saying. You know, that's why I end up writing mean girls. Like you, you do get consumed in it. Um, um, let's find something else here. Oh, oh, this is good in the back. People wrote in ten years, like what they would be, <gasps> and I was covering my bases, Seth. I wrote in ten years. In ten years, that that that, I will be very very. Fat. <laughs> Tina Fey. I just wanted to put it in there so that if I was, I could be like, so I, I, I called it. Can't make fun of me. I said I was going to get fat. Um, wait, let's find the, I think we should try to find, I know. Because the girls out there were like, the real Aaron Samuels wrote a long, weird one. I was like, oh, I did. I forgot. Oh, yeah. I got to hear that. I might have to pre-read it. Let's see. Wow, that's long. Dear Tina, hi. So um, do I start off with a joke? 
hey, it's really great to be here. I just flew in from Vegas, and boy, are my arms tired. And I'm hungry, but not as hungry as this guy I met who asked me for a bite to eat. I mean, I was hungry, hungrier. Um, uh, well, uh, I bit him. I mean, the guy. Um, oh, no, really. Why is he, where's he going for here? He's really rambling. And then he gets serious. He goes, um, seriously, things have always been, well, not understandable, at least on the surface. I'm beginning to ramble. I'm I'm cold reading this, guys, so I don't know where it's going. I'm beginning to ramble, but I know inside that, well, I go on gut feelings. Nobody understands what I do. Sometimes I don't. Teenage boys are egomaniacs. We'll always be friends. I hope close ones. I know inside. We understand things alike. Remember all the times we thought of things at the same time? Too many for coincidence. I think I, well, whatever. But anyway... I'm not sure how to compliment you. This is the part of the signature writing when I'm supposed to compliment you, like you're going to be a success. I just know. Well, I don't know how to express my deep respect and love for everything you are. Oh, that's nice. Well, this is the farewell part. Do I write sincerely? Your friend always? Love? Good luck? How about all of those? That's nice. He landed She's He sweet. landed the plane. The thing about this, too, was we were both really smart. And I remember in the minute or two that we were dating, we got, like, our PSAT scores back. And I remember we were over at my house, and I got mine first, and they were good. And I saw his eyes glaze over of, like, are they going to be better than mine? And then I can't remember if they were. They probably, if they, you know. And then that was about the end of it. And that was a thing that I learned, like, some people... Some boys at that age, they don't like that. You really think that's what triggered the end? Well, and that the other girl was much cuter. <laughs> and then years later, because again, it was like, it was just like, in my mind, it was like an epic drawn out thing that like plagued me for years, right? <laughs> so I remember being at a party like a couple years later and talking to friends and then talking to him and someone said like a sentence with a big word. And he was like, oh, um, that word means, um, and he started to explain to me though. And I was like, I know what that word means. And he goes, oh, oh, I forgot who I was talking to. And I was like, yeah, you forgot who you were talking to. So it was that kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like some people like to feel smarter and whatever. And also they're children, you know, they're, we're all adults now. It's almost the end of the episode, which means it's time for my two final questions. All right, here are the final questions I like to ask people when we're talking about high school. If someone from your high school is listening right now, is there a specific person you would want to say something to you. You don't have to say their name, but like, I've always wanted to say this to you all these years later. I mean, I really would like to, and I kind of have tried, uh, albeit in a cowardly way and not directly, people whose names that I straight up stole for Mean Girls. I was writing at a time when I always like, it's good to use real names. They always sound more real. And I didn't have any understanding at that time of what that does to people's lives. For one, I imagine it makes them think like, that's what you think of me. Like you think I'm a jerk or I'm stupid. And it really was a matter of like, these are good names, you know? Thankfully, the most understanding of this is my brother had a good, good friend named Glenn Coco who, like, that, that's a lot. Like, people, people are like, you go, Glenn Coco. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm like 55 years old, but thank you. Like, I'm an adult. <laughs> but he's, thank God. Very good. But, like, other people who kind of would know, like, you're like, yeah, that's kind of my last name. That person that you say is a dumb slut. So thanks a lot. So I apologize. I w- it wasn't really um, meant to be that. By the way, have I learned my lesson? No. Why is Titus's character named Titus? It's so stupid. He's nothing like that character. Like, I got to stop. The only person was, the person who had me do it on purpose was Tracy Morgan asked me, because I was going to, I was like, your character, we were rewriting the pilot. I'm like, we're going to call you like Chicky or something. And he was like, no, 
No Tifa. I don't want people coming up to me in the airport yelling Chicky. If they're going to yell my name, I want it to be my name. So that's why Tracy is Tracy. Even though his character was horrific, he didn't care. No, he didn't care. <laughs> he just wanted he didn't want to be answering to like Ricky when his name was not Ricky. <laughs> or Chicky. Or Chicky. Okay, so there's a weird time-space continuum break and your 15-year-old self is listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. What would you want to say to young Tina? <laughs> you look great. It's all going to be fine. Stop brushing out your curled hair. Stop curling it. It's not going to work out. Um, do what you can now to, in a Stephen King way, prevent the... 2016 election whatever like do what you can (laughs) Stephen King book about the Kennedy assassination totally (laughs) how would she have done that I don't know I don't know but she would have said okay I'll try she was diligent yeah Tina thank you so much for being on the show thank you for having me now that by the way your girl's about to begin high school Mm. are you giving them any heads up advice no they don't want any advice from me good to know (laughs) I do hope that this creates a shockwave through my life in the way that I fear it will. Because of all the things you said? (laughs) Yes. Yes. We're going to prevent this podcast from going to Upper Darby. We have a way to block it online, so don't worry about it. Seth Rudetsky's Back to School is produced by Sarah Esikoff. Our engineer for this episode was Rob Schulte. This episode was mixed by James Bilodeau. Our theme music was written by Seth Rudetsky and sung by Seth Rudetsky and Maggie McDowell. Our band was Seth Rudetsky, Mark Schmied, Carrie Meads, and Jim Hirschman. Seth Rudetsky's Back to School is a serious XM production and is executive produced by me, Seth Rudetsky, Brandon Getchis, and Maggie Van Dorn. <laughs>